0: Ironically, ego plays a special part in parenting, specifically in motherhood because it's my first-person experience where I'm able to express how the ego plays in protecting my children. Sometimes our fears become part of how we raise our children, how we nurture our kids, how we teach them to love themselves, if that. And in this conversation with the beautiful Emily Rose, we dive deep into that. During an intense retreat, I came face to face with my trauma. I realized that all of my life I had been operating from the ego, which you come to find out in the podcast that I believe ego is a fancy word for fear. I was tired of operating from this state of mind. I knew I had to change something in my life, and that's when I felt I had to share how I evolve daily by operating from a state of love and awareness instead of ego. Each episode will shine light on our romantic relationships, the ones with our families and friends, and most importantly, the one with self. My name is Lillian Hernandez, and I'm your host. I am a life and success coach, author, mother, and wife. I don't know it all, but all that I know, I love to share. Is this love or ego? Podcast starts now. Emily Rose Hardy is a motherhood support and mindset coach and the host of the awesome podcast called The Worthy Mother. She works with moms to prioritize themselves without guilt in order to feel more fulfilled in their lives within and beyond motherhood. Emily is passionate about redefining what it means to be a mom and challenging the societal norms that contribute to feelings of mom guilt and shame for so many moms. Emily lives in the central coast of Cali. She would say California, since I'm not from there, call it Cali, (laughs) with her husband and her two young sons. Emily, thank you so much for coming on again, (laughs) even though it's the first time you're officially here, but thank you so much for coming on again and giving me, giving us your time again to ensure that this message that is so important between us, this, this conversation gets out there and people can hear it. Um, because the first time we recorded the audio wasn't the best. So it seems like this time is the time that needs to get out there. So thank you so much for re-recording with me and being here today.
1: Yes. I'm so excited. And I mean, I so enjoyed last time we talked. I love every time we get to have a conversation. So, you know, there's worse things.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. No, for sure. For sure. I feel like when we get together, it's just it's seamless. It's just, it flows. So thanks again. And I know that the first time we talked, it was all about motherhood and how the ego plays in that and how love plays in that and how a little bit of both is needed. Right. So you have a podcast, motherly podcast that I absolutely adore. And I love how you tap into different subjects, not just motherhood, but women, right? The women that embody motherhood on different levels, too right? Because a lot of us just focus in on our own children that, you know, we birth, but there's so many levels and different ways to really define motherhood. And just parenting in general is how I see it, right? It doesn't matter if you're a step parent or gave birth to your child or adopted or foster, you're a parent figure in that child's life. And I think we all can agree that it's one of the hardest jobs Mm -hmm. ever.
1: (laughs) So tell us about your motherhood journey. Yeah. So my motherhood journey started just over five years ago. My oldest is five. I was 23 when I had my first son. Unexpected. um, I was getting my, I was about to start getting my teaching credential and like, you know, start like being an adult. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, here's the, this kid that I thought was gonna, you know, come when I was settled down. (laughs) Um, Which, I mean, I now realize like I probably would never have been quote ready. So Right. You know, we we made it work and had a lot of support and, you know, it was great. Um, But I did, you know, in that period, I was already kind of struggling with my identity, as you do when you're in your early 20s and figuring mm-hmm. things out. Um, And so it was an interesting experience to add a baby to the mix, add motherhood to the mix Oof. and, you know, figure that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... You know became an elementary school teacher, was teaching, pandemic happened, had my second son in 2021, so he's two and a half now. And when I was on maternity leave after having him, I had some mental health things with anxiety. I have I've always had anxiety, but it kind of you know hit a point of like, I need to deal with this. Yes. Um, which kind of threw me threw me into this journey of self-discovery. And I was on maternity leave, kind of feeling a little bit bored, like I wasn't being challenged, and really learned a lot about myself as a human and how I want to show up in motherhood doing things for myself. And so that's really helped me as I've, you know, gone on the journey of discovering myself more and understanding my identity and knowing how I feel about my role in motherhood and how I feel that integrates into my identity as a human being. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell, how (laughs) I would kind of explain my motherhood experience to this point. Obviously there's a lot more to the story, but
0: (laughs) no, but thank you for sharing that because anxiety is real. And I think Mm -hmm. anxiety is, is definitely something that grows when you have not just yourself to worry about, but someone else, like their life, their future, their present, everything from the moment that they're brewing, right? For the moment they're brewing, you're like, okay, so as women, we carry that full on responsibility physically from the moment that we're pregnant. And a lot of people don't understand that they think that motherhood or parenthood begins when that baby is born. And for mothers, it starts the moment that you before you even know you're pregnant, but the moment your body knows that it's pregnant, it's used hormonally, you change. So Mm -hmm. forget it. It's such a roller coaster ride. So automatically your body starts to reject what is normalized to you. And your old normal never, ever comes back. You create new normals. It's great. But whatever you loved, enjoyed, were okay with, it just, it changes so much the moment you become a mother. And the moment you become a mother, like I said, it's not when the baby's born. That happens automatic when your body's changing for those who carry their own children. It happens that way. And it's something that we really don't talk about. Right. And so that anxiety starts off the bat because now we are not just concerned about, are we doing the right thing? Are we eating the right foods? Are we sleeping? Are we hydrating enough for those who had morning sickness all day long while you weren't sleeping in the morning and the night? Like for me, it was terrible. It was all day sickness, but you're concerned about your health because that's primary in that moment. If you're okay, physically, you're assuming your baby's okay physically, but then there's other things you know, emotional baggage and traumas and ways that you handle things that impact that child, your environment, your surrounding, your stress levels and thinking you're not stressing, but you are because hello, you're carrying a whole life. (laughs) And then here we go. We have this child and people assume that you're supposed to snap back and things are normal. The anxiety even heightens more because now all that you are wondering about is in front of you. And it's in action. It's like, there's no countdown. It's like right here mm-hmm. like all the time. And it's a lot of work. And one of the things that we struggle with is finding ourselves as woman while we're becoming mother with this child in front of us. And then we have this big ego that's like, you know, you hear it all the time. Oh, if you were meant to have that child, then you know what to do with that child. And you're like, Oh yeah, right. Yeah. The baby was born with a manual. (laughs) No. So I think a big struggle that it was for me no longer is, but I know that it it could happen in the future again, because there's different levels of motherhood and stages with your children and their ages and you as a person. I struggled with showing my children that I was human first and then Mm -hmm. mom. Yeah. So has that, I know that your children are what, five and two and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, really hyper. I remember my kids being very active and you're like, oh, yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> and you're like, let's read and kind of wind them down. And we're the ones end up kind of with one eye open, one eye, you know, close while we're reading to them at night. But are you in that moment where you're struggling at all with trying to show them you're human too, or has that come easier for you to show emotions and not let like ego really play a role in that?
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of both of those answers. It's been really interesting kind of starting off on the motherhood journey. And I wonder if you can relate to this too, with it being unexpected and me not feeling completely prepared, you know, because I, I felt like I had to give myself some grace because I wasn't you know, just the, the physical components of like me having my job and, you know, the, just this checklist of things, I wasn't quote ready. And mm-hmm. so knowing that like I was maybe going to struggle a little bit more, I gave myself some of that grace, you know, which the thing about it is any mom, no matter how much you prepare for motherhood, you're like, it, It you can't be completely prepared for the transition. Mm-hmm. So we all should give ourselves that grace. Yes. Um, but I think acting from that place has allowed me to really examine what I want out of my life and what I want my kids to see me doing with my life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's been a really, like, that's a gift that I've had the opportunity to do that kind of automatically. Um, It was just something I had to do and had to look at. Um, But on the same, you know, on the other side of the coin, like, I definitely, it's definitely something that... I do struggle with and in some seasons more than others where it's like, I feel like there's no space to really give myself the, the, the things that I need to be Mm -hmm. like complete as a human um, outside of motherhood. You know, it's, it's hard when we talk about motherhood and womanhood because Mm -hmm. they're not separate. They're not these separate entities. They are, you can think of it as layers. You can think of it as, just being really integrated. Yes, there's things we do that don't involve our kids, but our kids are always like a part of the equation.
0: Oh yeah, they absolutely (laughs) absolutely are the reasons for what we do. Like, Mm -hmm. should I buy these shoes? Well, this one needs two pairs and this one needs that jacket. Let me do that first. And then I'll do what I need for me, even though everyone's in need. It just, they really guide our decisions. Like they really are, yeah. And I had asked that. And it, it's really true. I think that there is no way once you become a parent to really separate. Um, and then we try to do that. And then that becomes really hard. And so I was like, this is like, almost like acting, right? You're acting as a parent, and then you're acting as a human. And I was like, there's just no way this is part of me. Mm-hmm. right? And, and one thing that's always more of part of me is actually womanhood. Because I find that regardless if I am wife in that moment, mother, it, when I was educator, if I'm entrepreneur, if I'm coach, if I'm daughter, if I'm friend, if I'm neighbor, I'm still woman because that was me first. And that's going to be me at the end, no matter, you know, what circumstances come up and happen or whatever in life, it's still woman. And that woman comes with lots of fears and lots of You know, anxieties, and I I say anxieties and fears are both like all part of the ego, which are good, because it really helps you become cautious of what you do what you say. But it's bad when it's the the guiding factor of all your decisions. And which is the reason why I'm like, is this love or ego? Right. This is why I, I titled this podcast that because I'm constantly asking myself, am I coming from a place of love or ego? And sometimes both are needed. As a parent, they're both needed, right? Like ego will tell you, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> love will tell you, let them do whatever they want, you know? And it's like, actually, this kid has no logical like development. So I'm going to have to tell them no and they're going to have to deal with it later. But motherhood really, what I think motherhood taught me was two things. The biggest two things is kids will not do what you tell them to. Kids are going to do what they see. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, motherhood, parenthood, however you want to put it, no matter if you carry them or not, the love between mother and child, that's unconditional love, man. That, That right there. So I've seen like recent trends on TikTok about people asking, um, they went out, I can't remember if it was a, a guy or, or a woman that went out asking like young, like college people who comes first and if it's the wife, the mom or the child. And most of them were like, you know, mom, child and wife, because you know, you could replace the wife and whatnot, which I thought was hilarious. Because I'm like, thank goodness, those husbands <laughs> are replaceable too. Because oh my goodness. Like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because when the reality really sets, mm-hmm. it there's no such thing. We want to always put the kids at the forefront of every decision, but sometimes you got to decide for yourself. Yeah. Just for you. Because if you keep putting yourself in the back, you're going to disappoint yourself when you realize they're going to grow up. They're going to go out on their mm-hmm. own and they're not going to give two little shits about you. Not about what you think. They're going to say, listen, I love you. I appreciate you. But ma, this is my life. So one thing that I really had to, and I felt like, you know what? This is going to open the door for my children to speak their truth. If there's anything that needs to come out to light, Um, if they ever need to discuss hard things was I need to have a hard, then conversation with my own children. And what really started that was at one point I was like, guys, I'm going to try a new med for my anxiety. I don't know how this is going to be. It's been a little while. I haven't been on anything. So I'm going to see how this goes. So if you see me loopy, you see me a little different, know that it's not because I don't love you. It's because I'm trying to love myself more. So this is what's going on. And at that time they were probably like, I don't know, 11, 13, maybe around there. And they were just like, okay, whatever, you know, like, or yeah. <laughs> like, all right, mom, thanks for letting us know. Um, Anyway, like, I want to go play Fortnite, and (laughs) I want to go watch Vampire Diaries. I'm like, whatever, bye. But months later, you know, it's actually a year and a half later is when the pandemic hit. And in that little gap, we were just kind of like on autopilot, Mm -hmm. just going with the flow, the rhythm of life, routine, whatever. And when the pandemic did hit, we started to have these long walks, and it was side by side, which they always say, like, if you're driving and someone's next to you, you have... Uh, like more of an opportunity to talk things out versus face-to-face because it's not confrontational, um, or over the phone. Cause they're like, who's listening. They don't feel too safe, but we had these long walks and I brought that up and said, you know, guys, I, I really don't feel like I really want this anymore. The meds. And they were like, Oh, you're still on that. They're like, we didn't even notice it didn't change you. You said it would. And I was like, well, it's more of a mental thing. I think I was like, it's more of a mental thing. And I just feel like I'm taking less and less of it. And I think I feel better exercising more and getting in connected with nature and whatnot and I started to ask them about how they were feeling and long story short me showing them that I'm human and not just mother started to open up the door for them to really be able to express themselves to me and that is pivotal in parenting it's
1: huge I think we um take it or i mean i know we take in a lot of messaging around that like who comes first the kids come first all this stuff and if you don't stop to think about like how showing up for yourself impacts your kids it makes sense. Like, Oh yeah, my kids always need to come first. And it's like, we, we fail to recognize that actually, if we put ourselves our own needs first, and I'm not saying like abandon your kids, it's not what that means mm-hmm. obviously like their safety, their health is so important, but mm-hmm. you have to be taking care of yourself for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons is that they are watching and learning and they are growing up to be Adults Mm -hmm. will be sped out into the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, we'll support them and continue to be there, but Mm -hmm. they're going to enter the same world we are with the same messaging. And, you know, things are changing, but we know that it's not just automatic that they're going to learn to take care of themselves and advocate for themselves and set boundaries with people and say no to things that aren't good for them. And so, when we are able to show them that, have those conversations so they can come to us and know that we do love them so unconditionally, but also will like support them and help them through those hard things, um, and help them make decisions and things like that. It's, it's huge. It's so powerful. And I think we get so caught up, you know, especially I notice a lot with my kids, the ages they are, there's so many things about how to do the parenting thing, right. Right. It's like, my kids are different than other kids. It's mm-hmm. like your kids are different than mm-hmm. other kids. Like, you know, it's all so unique. And obviously, yes, like I have my values and the things that I believe in parenting. And there's resources that have helped me learn how to handle different situations and things like that. But oftentimes we forget that the end goal is not to raise these perfect humans, these perfect little adults, because they won't be. And we we can get really wrapped up in the ego part of that, I think. Oh. And-
0: Yes. Yes. But I love that you said, Emily, earlier is that allowing them and showing them that saying no to something they don't want to do is really important. And I used to tell my daughter all the time, and, and now she's 16. And since she was a baby, she's always been like this selfless person. Like she wants to give things she doesn't have like here, 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 here. Like it doesn't matter. And I would tell her, you need to take care of you first. I love that about you. That's your superpower. You're so caring. You're so empathetic. You're going to make an amazing doctor. She always says she wants to be a doctor. You're going to be amazing because you're, you're going to be able to put your personal things to the side and be there for people. But for you to have that for a very long time in your life, you need to make sure that you have a balance. So don't forget about yourself, okay? Like always give to yourself. And I used to always tell her that, that was my ego, but I wasn't showing her that. I wasn't mm-hmm. practicing that. And at times when she became a teenager, she would be like rolling her eyes, like, whatever. Like you say, you talk a good talk, but you're not walking, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, she, I'm like, who does she think she, she's a tween. First of all, you're like 11 or 12, (laughs) Rolling eyes at me. Like, what do you know? And it's like, well, and just her rolling her eyes and stuff made me question, like, what's up with her. And it was like, you know what, what's up with me? Like, why is, why is she reacting this way to me? And it's because She's like, that's what you do. You know, you, you don't take care of yourself. Like you're, you're not really putting yourself, you know, first, you're not resting. You're always tired. You're always doing stuff for other people. And then when it comes time to do something for yourself, you're too tired. You're exhausted. You don't have the energy to give yourself. So like, what are you talking about? So just by her rolling her eyes, that's what I got. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, I, I got to really do some like heavy self inventory here and take a really good look at myself and find out what I was doing. And I wasn't teaching self-love. I was definitely like honing in on being a giver. And that does come naturally to me. So when I started saying no, I started feeling real guilty, feeling like you nice. know, people going to, I mean, they're like, man, this girl's bitchy or bossy. Or what's wrong with her? And it was like, there's nothing wrong with me. Stop using, first of all, that kind of terminology. Um, what's right with me is that I'm putting myself first instead of what's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong. I'm just not going to be the yes person always to you until I make sure that I'm good with that yes. So I had to really put my foot down. And when I did that, I mean, people kind of drop like flies because they were like, oh, wait, what do you mean you're not available? Like you're supposed to be, you're always available. Um, And then, you know, suddenly I went from, you know, sweetheart to mean girl, whatever. But uh, my daughter's currently unlearning the sweetheart part so she can be a sweetheart to herself. And she's like, I struggle because she learned to say yes all the time that even saying no, that's a good thing for her. She feels guilty for. That is crazy, but I'm glad she's still learning, you know, she's learning Mm -hmm. and she's learning while she's still, you know, with me. She's home. She's not out in the world yet struggling like, shoot, had my mom taught me that, had I been, you know, had I had time to do that earlier, she would have been. It would have been different trying to unlearn, you know, saying no is a bad thing. Absolutely not. But I love that you brought that up because it's something that as women we struggle with. Mm -hmm. We might say no with a giggle, (laughs) but it really means, you know. No, just because I'm giggling or smiling doesn't mean a yes. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, kids are going to, you know, and again, the the love part there was showing her, you got to love yourself more than what you love other people, because whether they you know, accept it. They appreciate it. And they reciprocate that love. It's not up to you that they do that, but it's up to you to show yourself that love. How do you do that? It's not just hugs and kisses and rainbows, but it's putting, you know, setting the right boundaries to put your mental health and your, your at peace first, you know, because if not, doesn't matter what you give, you're going to get from an empty vessel and, and people have endless limits on what they can take from you, but you are limited.
1: And it's, it's such a skill And like you said, like as women, it's usually a skill for most of us that we weren't taught. Like, yes, we heard growing up, say no, right? Like we went through dare, say no to drugs. Like we, okay, (laughs) say no. But like, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And are there things we can do to set the boundaries before it gets to someone asking us something? And then when we do set the boundaries, how do we hold those boundaries? And I mean, these are things that like, if you setting boundaries, it's probably because you weren't taught and it's a skill. And Mm -hmm. people don't always react to our boundaries, no matter how reasonable they are, people don't always react to them in the way that feels good. Because if you're a pleaser and you have been doing things for people and burning yourself out in the process, Mm -hmm. they expect that from you. And so it's really hard to say, I have to let go of the ego there of like wanting people to like me for what I do, what I give mm-hmm. and know that, yeah, I can still be a very generous giving person. You know, it sounds like with your daughter, if she grows up to be a doctor. She will be a very caring, loving doctor. And also hopefully fill her cup and make sure she's right. taken care of. So she can yeah. show up for people in that way. Um, but if we don't, if we don't, talk about the skill of it and like learn how to do it and practice it and be supported with that. And know that like, sometimes that's going to be really hard, especially when you say no to something and someone gets PO'd about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, like are like, and drop you. I mean, that hurts. That can really hurt and make you feel like, okay, the guilt I'm feeling about this is justified when in reality, it's just knowing that we have to do what's right for ourselves and yes, sometimes that includes what's good for others as well. But sometimes mm-hmm. the thing that's best and necessary for ourselves isn't going to make other people happy. And that's not our jobs. Well, that part, that part, and,
0: and that happens even for our children, right? Like yeah. just being honest with them and saying, that is no good for you. So mm-hmm. no, or, Hey, can I go to so-and-so's house and sleep over? <laughs> no, <laughs> like yeah. you don't have to like me right now but you're going to understand and respect me later for me doing what I had to do to protect you. And in that same way, because kids don't get it. Kids don't understand money. They don't understand safety. They, they know the feeling, but they don't know how to identify it logically. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always say that as parents, we have to be their ego. Yeah, we have to be their ego. We have to be the ones because they're only operating out of hormones, especially in their teenage years. Jeez. My son is about to be 18 next month. My daughter is 16. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to like what I'm going to have to say. Okay. So you can go ahead and start rolling your eyes. I really don't care if you like me (laughs) for the next 24 hours or until whatever this thing is over, but... This is a situation. I'm going to explain why, because I'm not the kind of parent just be like, I said so. No, because I said so. And that's it. Especially at this age, there's just no way, right? Like, no, we're going to talk about this. And whether you like my response or not, one day you will respect it. It doesn't matter if you become a parent or not. It's about safety, security. And my responsibility is making sure you're good. Okay. So um, that doesn't mean I'm always right, but I'm here to look out for you. So this is what it is. And there's a lot that I I struggle with, and I and I'm mentioning my daughter a lot because that's really where you know I think about myself at her age. I'm like, okay, you know, at 16, I got pregnant and married, and I became a stepmom. So, um, she's like, you know, I'm not gonna do the same things as you. I'm like, oh no, you're gonna make your own mistakes. Okay, I know that. Um, and a lot of times my ego does come into play, and I'm like, uh. I've been there, done that. And she's like, but it's not you, right? Like I'm not you. And I'm like, shoot, you know, it's really hard because I'm like, you're going to make your own mistakes, but those mistakes could repeat itself, right? Because a lot of times you don't want things to happen and the universe doesn't understand, you know, yes or no, it understands the energy you're sending. So I'm like, "Uh, how do I handle this without, and, you know, without fearing she's going to make my mistakes instead of loving who she is and understanding that, she is different. I've raised her differently than I was raised and I've given her different circumstances than I was. And I'm like, it's one of the hardest battles that I've had to face as a parent is the ego and love playing parts in the lives of my children to ensure that they don't make similar or mistakes that really carry them through. And getting pregnant was not a mistake, but thinking I was ready to be an adult, When Mm -hmm. I wasn't, was my mistake is playing adult games when I wasn't ready for the adult prizes. (laughs) And I know my kids aren't at all for you know adult prizes and adult games, I know they're not because I know for a fact I have not set up my children yet for adulthood. It's been very like procedural. I'm like, all right, next we've set them up for almost the American dream go to college after college you know, you start to work and then you, then you go into like adulthood, but you're not an adult. I don't Like my son, he's like, I'm gonna be 18. I'm like, good for you, sweetie. But in this house, you are not an adult. Like you might be in USA, but not in this house. And he's just laughing. And I know I was waiting for you to say something like that. <laughs> and of course you're your own person. You're going to have your own personality, your own things, your boundaries. We respect that. But I'm also, um, it's a battle and and it's a real battle that I'm facing and and I'm learning as I parent, like no one knows what they're doing. Like we're all doing this for the first time. Like you're 16 for the first time. This is the first time I have a 16 year old daughter. (laughs) Like, so it comes back to that word you said earlier, grace, having grace, whether whether we're, you know, I want to say yes to everything. My kid wants this here. I want to go there here. I want to do this. Go, go, go. I want to say yes. But that's also my ego saying, I missed out on all of that. So I'm going to say yes to them so they could enjoy all that I didn't. That's also, you know, the the part of me where I'm like, no, I'm not going to say yes to everything just because, you know, that's not how you heal your trauma by allowing other people, you know, or your children, you know, saying yes to them because you didn't, because you got Mm -hmm. no's or because you thought you would get a no, or because at that age, you were married with children, so you don't know what it looks like. That doesn't mean they get a yes all the time either. So, to me, that's love also. So, it's
1: just so tricky. Yeah. What's like coming up for me is the responsibility we have for our children and how that feels. I mean, I've kind of mentioned this, but it feels like we are supposed to get it all right Ugh. and you're supposed to. <laughs> like have the, the good outcome with them too. Like, it's like, if I just do it right, then they will be safe, protected, perfect, doing all the things that like, you know, I got it right. I raised them. And it's important that we take responsibility for raising our kids. I think about this with like, you know, if your kid's rude to someone and it's like, okay, I need to take responsibility and like mediate that situation and like teach them like that we don't that's not how we treat people you know all those things Mm -hmm. but also then we can get so wrapped up in making sure our kids become these perfect people and always are kind to people and always are acting appropriately whatever that means and whatever Mm -hmm. whatever situation Mm -hmm. they're in and like we're trying to make them into these little robots and then you know, make sure their life after high school looks exactly like we want. And it's like, it's their life. And I don't think there's an answer there. I don't think there's an answer of like where the responsibility stops and what's not your responsibility. You think about, I mean, there's, I'm sure plenty of people out there who have, who did an incredible job raising their kids and their kids Mm -hmm. end up Mm -hmm. not having lives that they would necessarily (laughs) be like proud of. Right. You know what I mean? Like it happens. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can't just always blame the parent. And I think when we're in it, it feels like it's all our job. And it is. It is our job. Like it is our job to raise them, mm-hmm. but it's also it's more complex than just like <laughs> if we do it all right, they're going to be great. And
0: so Oh, very much so.
1: It's like we have to acknowledge that and we have to have grace with ourselves in that and know that like yes. there's not going to be a right answer. And our right answer is going to look different than someone else's and Yep. There's just a lot to it. Yes. uh, Yeah. (laughs) It varies, right? Being right
0: varies because guess what, too? Not just is it right for you, but right now it doesn't feel right. And tomorrow you're like, it feels right. So what wasn't right for your five-year-old is going to be okay, maybe at 10 Mm -hmm. and wonderful at 15 and perfect at 20. So there's also seasons and times where things Mm -hmm. are right and things aren't right. And there's also you know, culturally or spiritually, there's just also things you just learn. And there's so much access to information nowadays that it's like, today, it's okay to have a glass of wine. Tomorrow, a new study shows that having a glass of wine is going to make you an alcoholic three days down the road. It's there's so many studies, so much information that it's, it's so hard, you know, and we're like, how do people do it without information, they probably did a lot better, because we're trying to teach our kids based on a lot of evolving studies, a lot of things. And we're also creating, we're doing it with them as a study. You're like, yeah. you're my, you're my research project.
1: For real. And it's, <laughs> there's no controlled, controlled variable because they're all different. And so you raise one and then you raise the other and you're like, well, that was different. That was a yep. completely different experience yep. saying no to this thing for this kid versus this kid. Yes. Yes. It
0: and it's, it's completely wild. And when I taught, I used to tell my students that all the time in the yeah. beginning of the school year was that, that everybody's different. And the way I would use the analogy was take out your phones. At this point, most people had iPhones. I was like, if you have Android, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I don't know how to get there, but <laughs> go to your phone, go to your battery. And I'm like, go to your battery health. What does it say? Some of them are like, oh, 74, oh, 95, oh, 100, oh, 88, blah, blah, whatever number. And I said, well, guess what? When your phone charges to 100, that's technically what it's up to. So don't compare yourself. Don't compare your grades to whoever else got whatever your neighbor got in the classroom because that was probably their 100% that day. So don't ask why you got this and the other person got that. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. And I say that to my kids all the time. I'm like, don't ever compare yourself to your brother, your sister. Luckily, they're different sex so it's also a little easier for me Mm -hmm. because they're like oh i'm a boy i'm a girl right away they don't really do the comparison my daughter tried that once oh but if it were nick that was doing that you would say yes and and no and when he had a girlfriend it wasn't that case and they were like oh okay i guess you just (laughs) trick like that but it's crazy but it's true you have to have grace because no matter what job you do you think you did right and guess what you did you know a lot of us we're so hard on ourselves as parents you know and We cannot base the success of our parenting by how successful or not the child is. And that's something that as you grow, right? Like I tell my daughter all the time, I'm like, you want to be a doctor? Yes. Okay. So you're going to be a doctor. If you don't want to be a doctor, the sooner you know, the better. You could be a yoga instructor and still help save a lot of lives too, baby girl. Mm -hmm. So just knowing what you want is really important because... uh, Too many of us are too grown and still don't know what we want to do. And I'm like, listen, consistency gives you peace. You know, there's a lot of chaos out in the world. So just know what you want to do, but that doesn't determine your worth. What you do doesn't determine your worth. So just remember that. And it's something that I had to really put my ego to the side because, of course, me, I'm like, shoot, I went to school and I was married with kids and I got my master's. So my kids better they better not even match me. They better surpass me because we've set them up for that kind of level of success. But that's my ego. I'm like, that's not Mm -hmm. unconditional love. Unconditional love is be happy and healthy, man. Just do the best because life is lifing. It's really hard out here. So I love that you brought that up that, you know, what is right? That question is just, that's the driven question in parenting. And what is right is when you're coming from a place of love. I think that's what it is at the end of the day of trusting that you're doing the best you can today. And tomorrow you might know something more and better and whatever, and you'll try it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. You yeah. were parenting. That's what matters. You're hands on your parenting. And I
1: think something in there, like coming from a place of love, it's also coming from a place of self-love, right? Like of, of accepting that like, however you're doing it, however you're showing up, whatever mistakes you make that you can forgive yourself and, show that, you know, show that it's not about getting it perfect. It's really important with us both coming from education backgrounds. It's interesting with you kind of saying how in your classroom, letting everyone know they're all different. I think that's something that has been interesting with my kid starting kindergarten. And I had taught kindergarten one year. I taught third grade. So as an elementary school teacher, they're like Mm -hmm. now getting into elementary school. And we went to a conference, um, our first conference ever (laughs) the other day. And, you know, I've been on the other end of that. Um, and just hearing the things your kid needs to work on can be like, oh, my goodness, am I not doing enough? And for me, it's like something where I'm like, no, I, I've i seen like I know that all kids have things they need to work on. Right. When you're from yep. that perspective of yeah. like being a teacher working yes. with multiple kids, you can mm. see they're not all the same. But of course, in life and in the school system and in different things, we're all held to these Standards that like everyone should meet, and again, it's not like necessarily wrong, but it also is like we're not all the same, and not all five year olds are the same, not all 10 year olds are the same, right? Um, And just like being able to know, like, to really know that, to really understand that, like, we can't expect our kids to be exactly like we were, or to be, you know, to, to do things that exactly the way we set them up to do, to really know that is really hard in the world that we live in, because we are, there's so many benchmarks. I mean, when you have a little kid, it's like you go to the doctor, have they met their milestones? Some kids don't, some kids have, you know, maybe a disability or something Mm -hmm. that, or they just are Mm -hmm. late to meet their milestones. And it's like, That's because they're a unique individual, Yep. but there's so much, there can be so much pressure of like, make sure your kid meets their milestones. It's like, well, what if their milestones different? What if it's different? And Mm -hmm. that's just an interesting thing. And I, it doesn't stop when you have teenagers, it doesn't stop. It actually really widens the amount of things they can do. And obviously we want them to like do the healthy thing that makes them happy. But within that it's like there can also be the confusion of like well I really would like them to do xyz and knowing you can have the things that you want for them yeah but also they're their own unique individual person with their unique life and it's not our life it's theirs it's it's a really interesting thing because it feels when they're little it feels like our lives are so connected. It's like, obviously my kid's life is my life, but it's like, well, he'll grow up and hopefully be able to be an independent adult. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. the goal. I don't want him mm-hmm. to always rely on me. Um, yeah.
0: Interesting. It, and you know what? It's funny. And I think that's, I think it's a beautiful place to, to kind of close out, but, I saw on TikTok. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. People are like I saw somewhere. I saw it on TikTok. University. Love it. <laughs> um, there I have a doctorate. And I, I heard this man Saguru who says, "You're not supposed to raise your children. You raise cattle. You're supposed to nurture your children while they're growing up." And that just hit. And ever since then, I keep rewinding not only what he said, but all the years I've been parenting. Like I had been raising my kids. Because I was so scared of them making my mistakes. And when I flipped and started loving myself, I started nurturing my kids. Yeah. And it's built a beautiful, I don't like to say friendship, but I'm going to say dynamic. Because there's times where I'm like, hey, 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 who who do you think you're talking to? Hello? (laughs) I'm like, hello? (laughs) Um, I'm still mom. Like, what's going on? And... I love that this dynamic is where it is because nurturing them and not telling them what to do, one, gives me so much freedom as a mother. I get to enjoy more of motherhood than say, oh my gosh, at this age when they leave, no, there is no rush because I'm really enjoying motherhood at this point because I'm just nurturing the space for them. And that to me is better not as much work as raising someone because raising them is like boxing them into what I think they should be. And kids are going to be who they're meant to be. And we're just here to facilitate that for them. I love that. <laughs> it's just what it is, but it, is. Uh, it takes, it takes a um, a long time. It took me a long time to get there, but I was only able to nurture them when, when I came into to self-loving. So I love that. But Emily, If anyone wants to get in touch with you, tell them about the podcast you have, Yes. where can they find
1: you and where can they find your podcast? So you can find me on Instagram at honestly, Emily Rose, if you want to connect or just kind of see what I'm up to over there. Um, But my podcast is called the worthy mother podcast and it's wherever you find podcasts. It's there. It's a great one. Um, I had Lily on a, a while ago and really great episode. So if you, Search for that episode. I think it's in the 50s. It's a really good one. But yeah, we talk a lot about self-love, self-care, and self-compassion and motherhood and just showing up for ourselves. It is not a parenting podcast, it is about like nurturing ourselves. So it's (laughs) all about what we talked about here. Yes, yes. I'll put it in the show notes. I definitely
0: will put in the show notes. But thank you, Emily, for your time, energy, and all the sunshine you brought today. Yes. Another
1: great conversation.
0: Yes. (laughs) Thank you for being here for the entirety of this episode. If you're still here, you have either learned something or enjoyed the conversation. I hope it was both. And since you're still here, please rate and review this podcast so that others like yourself can discover this show, learn, and enjoy it too. The biggest compliment you can give someone is a five-star rating. So don't be shy and help us grow. And don't forget, may you be the love that you wish to receive.